0: This is The Overreaction, where we have open discussions about birth stories, fertility journeys, loss, life as a birth worker, and so, so much more. I'm your host, Ashton Scott. You can check out the episode description to find some show notes with links to our guests' social medias and where you can find them, as well as a link to our own Instagram, where you can send a DM to submit your story, so that you can join us on this podcast and on this journey of building connection and community with people who are in the same boat as you. Enjoy the episode. Happy Valentine's Day and welcome back to the overreaction for this week's episode. Our guest is Quanisha McRuder of Butterfly Rose Village. She has the most incredible and kind and safe energy, and we talk a little bit about that. Um, she is a full spectrum doula. She does fertility and conception support as well as birth and postpartum support. She's also an infant and family sleep therapist, which we get into a lot. Um, it's such a valuable portion of this conversation. Um, she's also a massage therapist who is uh, specializing in the in the prenatal postpartum fertility world of massage therapy. We talk a lot about her journey through and to birth work. We also have a really nice portion of this conversation where we talk about being a part of creating legislation for doulas instead of kind of waiting for the shoe to drop whenever legislation is made by folks who maybe probably don't know anything about doula work. Um, So I really just want to highlight that. Because this, that part of this conversation is just, wow. Um, I'm really excited for you to tune in and hear from Quanisha. So I'm going to let you do that. And um, yeah, here is Being Curious with Quanisha McGruder. Hi, Quanisha. Hi. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Having a good morning. <laughs> good. Good. That's amazing. You have the, just like a radiant smile and energy about you. Aww. We've only been talking <laughs> for a couple of minutes and you really just are like radiating such beautiful <laughs> energy. Um, yeah. So why don't you, why don't you kick us off by just introducing yourself and telling us about you? Yes.
1: Um, I'm Quenisha. So I am a full spectrum doula. I do fertility, birth, and postpartum. Um, I am also an infant and family sleep specialist and a licensed massage therapist. Um, Pronouns are she and her. And I live in San Antonio, Texas um, with my fiance and two pups.
0: Oh, amazing. Yeah. So I just heard a lot of things that I think. I think a lot of ears just perked up (laughs) as well as my own. I um, would love to hear about your journey as a birth worker. And then I definitely want to kind of break down that infant family sleep specialist a little bit. I think a lot of people just were like, okay, tell me about that. Um, But to start, like how long have you been a birth worker and what got you here?
1: Um, I've been a birth worker since 2019 is when I finished my training And I started working with an agency and, um, but before then, I think I was studying doulas, podcasts, anything I can get my hands on basically for like a year or two beforehand, um, because it was like an investment with money wise to do that training. Um, so that's kind of where I've been as a birth worker and just learning all sorts of things.
0: yeah same yeah I I definitely like I spent a while kind of gathering all the information that I possibly could before making that investment because it definitely is an investment to to right take a training (laughs) yeah it's like I need to plan for this saving and then like career change wise oh yeah it's like yeah Yeah. and then it could be a little bit of a culture shock when you really really shift so what kind of piqued your interest into the birth world
1: um, I think it was, I've always loved working with babies. Um, I've worked in child care since I was 18. And then before then, I was just always, you know, the one babysitting, um, even with my cousins and stuff. And when my sister got pregnant, um, I really was like super excited. And we were doing all the things. And I was supposed to be there for the actual birth. But she lived in Austin and I lived in Midland. So that's like a five-hour drive. And I was trying to get there, but if she had the baby before I could get there. And um, I think seeing her after and then postpartum wise, I started to see where parents need more support other than baby care, um, because I felt like com- confident in baby care, but not in like how to help someone with postpartum, um, because I would usually see the babies after, so I don't really have that view and. I would get families, too, when I was working in childcare, just asking about things that really didn't um, know about um, like infant sleep too. Mm-hmm. And um, we would just kind of function as I think sometimes childcare workers function in a way where they're just like it's more, i guess brought down, like information from people who've been parents or their grandparents. And so it's not really new information. It's not really sometimes evidence-based. It's more like, well, I heard this person did this and mm-hmm. yeah. here's how you do it.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. I was also a nanny for a while. So um, as well as like being the oldest of six in a huge family, you kind of grow up in that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of passed down and you're not really doing like when you grow up around families and around a certain style of parenting it's not until much later that you realize there are other options or like there are other ways and um yeah and I think you know societally or culturally we are taught to really focus on baby and Mm -hmm. when you realize oh mom's over there and like she needs some support or parents over there and they need some support then yeah that can really shift the focus a lot
1: yeah and I think with when I took massage, the first time I heard doula work, the word doula was in massage therapy um, when I was doing the the last part of training where you had to like build your, you know, mock business. And my business was, of course, focused on infants and prenatal massage and more, you know, mother baby or parent baby, even, that you know, partners and stuff included. And I went at this wellness center. And she kept saying, I think you should look into doulas. And I was like, What what is that? And so that kind of started that journey. And I think I would get signs every now and then. There was someone who had like a doula sticker on the back of their car one time. And my boy my he was my boyfriend at the time. He would be like, I saw this and it said doula. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's like the universe or whatever, just dropping little nuggets right. here and there. yeah so that's kind of where it kind of began
1: and where I started
0: yeah totally it's so interesting because I I feel like each conversation that I have when I when I ask like hey how'd you get here it's always like it just kind of showed up like it just kind of made its made its presence known and then I jumped all the way in which is (laughs) always really cool so when Mm -hmm. you're when you're showing up in the birth space or showing up postpartum what are your personal philosophies and your personal, um, like beliefs or or the way that you like to show up your values when you show up in those vulnerable spaces? Um, I think I was
1: explaining this to in an interview in an interview with a parent um, recently because she was talking about doulas and how how do I feel if she chooses to get an epidural and in the beginning she said she didn't want one. And how I explained it too is to her is like, I am the guide. I am not the decision maker. Mm-hmm. I am not someone you need to please. Um, I really want to focus on making them confident so that they feel confident in any parenting decision they make, um, whether it's I want the epidural or anything else along those lines. I just want them to feel confident and, and informed. And so I really like to get down and know my clients um, and really just kind of flow with what they kind of are doing. Like I give guidelines sometimes and then I'm like, but you're the parent and like, how do you feel about this? Does this work for your family? Um, does this work for your body? And I kind of have that advocacy, I guess more self-advocacy too as in advocacy because I feel like I can't advocate for that person or if I don't know them. And that's why I try to get to know them as much as possible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Building that relationship and figuring out what their values are and kind of figuring out how to approach if you if you came into this labor with a certain plan and you're starting to veer off of that plan and knowing which points to kind of approach and say, hey, I, let's talk about this and make mm-hmm. sure that you have the information so that you do feel like yeah i'm good with this like i'm i'm making this decision it's not being made for me
1: right right
0: yeah so valuable and i i love your approach of building that relationship and and making it really solid it's a personalized experience
1: yeah cuz i think people confuse when they think about doulas they only focus on the labor part and i'm like my work begins before the labor yes and that's what we do too even with um i think officials or um people in higher ups when they think about doulas to hospitals because they all want to partner with a doula organization but they're like we'll just call you when a when a client needs you at the hospital when they're in labor and it's like oh but i re- rather know them beforehand like this yeah. is a relationship this is why we work, that continuous
0: care. <laughs> yes. It's taking that time beforehand to like provide that information and education. And so you do feel mm-hmm. confident and solid. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit. Let's start like breaking down your offerings. <laughs> um, I'd really love to hear about... We could start, I guess, at the beginning of the process of your fertility <laughs> and conception support. Yes. Um, I have done... And I've changed it around. That's why
1: um, I'm still working on like maybe making it into a a structure Mm -hmm. now Um, because mostly it has been working with families who have just emotionally been through a lot when you don't know all these things about your body and um, focusing on how do I teach them? Because they're going to the doctor, same thing as like someone who's pregnant and you're getting thrown all these words at you, like you have this, or it's un- undiagnosed or unexplained fertility infertility, and they don't know where to go from there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like really scary. And I'm trying to I, like break that down to so that they can understand it, they know what their options are too again because informed consent and yes. that they know how to um that they can have someone to talk to during these stages. Cause it's very hard. Um and it's been a journey to structure it in a way where I have intentionally set things that I want to do with them. Mm-hmm. Um because usually I, I do a more customizable session. And so I want it customizable, but I want it also structured because I feel people um I want to see at the end where we came from and you know where we started where we came from. So that's where the kind of pause on it to do the structure building
0: yeah absolutely and that's like the the business side of the dual work is definitely Mm -hmm. like a constant evolution and then as you as you see gaps that you want to fill and you add those things to your to your uh to your roster or to your Mm -hmm. services and then trying to like structure it and and plug those things in
1: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so
0: where did um massage therapy where does that kind of fit into the structure
1: um so far I've learned fertility massage um last year I think or last year the year before um I think it was right at the peak of COVID so I didn't really have that much time because I didn't want to yes. be um first frustrating on people's spaces when that um, was going on so I've learned that and then prenatal and focusing more on postpartum too. And usually, how that goes, I used to work with a chiropractor who was at a birth center. And so I would have these um, prenatals and we would have them from, I think, with their insurance, they had it set up in a way where I saw them pretty much frequently. Mm. And I kind of like that because it's another way that sometimes we forget about the actual body too Mm -hmm. and a lot of them get dismissed of their concerns and their feelings of pain As like oh that's just pregnancy oh that's just how it is and they're like but no nothing to get them through even if they get a massage and it's like it just gets them through like two weeks but that's still two weeks of like I'm not in pain I'm at least being heard and that kind of thing
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, showing love to the body where it needs to be in your journey. And Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I would definitely say that there's a culture of, well, welcome to parenthood or (laughs) welcome to pregnancy. And it's like, no, (laughs) it doesn't have to be like that. Here's some solutions. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I love that. Providing the solutions. (laughs) So then what about infant and parent sleeping? Yes, um, this is the one I've been
1: heavily into because we are starting the membership um, on the 23rd of January. So we will be um, offering, basically going beyond um, sleep training. So we were taught by a neuroscientist um, doula. She is, her name is Greer Hirschenbaum. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her last name right. <laughs> She taught us basically what's going on in the brain with the baby, like what is developmentally going on and not even to shame people who do sleep training, because we know that that is an option, but we know that there are options that you don't have to, it doesn't have to be the norm if you don't want it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And where do you fall into when you don't want to sleep train? Where's the support when you don't want to do this um, type of learning? And how to just support babies into the actual feeling of independence and how that grows instead of, like, forced independence. Yeah. Um, How to actually get them to that point. Because a lot of parents just want the best for their kids. And I think they just lack sometimes the information and the skills and the guidance to do that. And, of course, you know, we can go even bigger as far as – Like in the United States, parental leave and all the other things that are stacked against parents. Um, But these are kind of little things that we can change and shift parents, even language about the baby. I think it's instead of shifting it to like the baby is making me do this, like showing them why and how this is going on. Their baby's not manipulating you. Mm -hmm. These are the needs that they have. And how can we meet your needs? as well as the baby's needs. And so I think that's where the family sleeps. So we do infant and then family, like what is the family dynamic?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. I, yeah, absolutely. It is, Um, it kind of takes it to the, um, the, your baby has also never been a baby before and right. is trying to figure out life on the outside. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's very, very much a
1: shock to them to kind of be out and doing this doing the things that we've been kind of conditioned to do and then work like sleep is a normal thing we all do it and mm. they even sleep in the womb so like they know
0: <laughs> they right. know how to do it <laughs> yeah absolutely so what does that support kind of look like from from the beginning or or even in the in the throes of it how does that how does that come about um If I can get parents in the prenatal stage, that's um, the best time
1: because postpartum, it's hard to try to learn something new. Mm. Um, So it's more, I want to get there before the fire starts. So I want to like help them understand. And then usually it's starting at that baseline. We're like, what do you think about infant sleep? What do you even think about infants in general and babies and how they're supposed to function in your life? and how that um, relationship is supposed to grow as a parent. How are you parented? And um, yeah, like just how yeah. are you even, where you co-slept or, you know, what type of things that y'all do that you liked and what type of things you didn't like and how do we try to change that and correcting or educating. Um, and then going through, um, after the education part, it's more of like the skill building things. Like what can we do with your family now? Um, that works for your family. And let's try this for a couple weeks. um, And then let's come back together. Did this this work? If it didn't, where can we switch up? And then kind of doing that process again. And with the membership, I think that's the reason we created it is so we can help more families. Mm -hmm. Um, It's less trying to do one-on-one because you have a lot of people who need this sleep and they um, lack parent support. So why don't we just create a space where parents can meet they're all going through the same similar themes. Um, They can talk to amongst themselves and then also get support from, you know, infant and family sleep specialists. There's three of us or altogether four of us. So we're just like, we can be there to answer the questions and then guide people. And then also bring in the parental wellness of like, how do you support yourself? how do you make sure you can plan that? I had a, a sleepless night. So what do I need to do in the morning or the next day to make sure I can help recover some of that sleep?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. totally. In in my own house, um, where we don't have children at the moment interrupting sleep, but <laughs> we've been we've been really diving into like the importance of sleep. And now it's kind mm-hmm. of like one of those things it's like, yeah, we do it. And then wake up move on but how important (laughs) it really is and how it is truly the time for the body to like shut down and recover and Mm -hmm. um it sounds like you're really helping people learn to prioritize sleep and make it Mm -hmm. a big thing to pay attention to
1: yeah because I think when the researchers what I read is that in the beginning they just thought sleep was just the time to recover um so that you can get up in the morning and have that energy Mm -hmm. it really didn't think of it as like all the things it can do for the body because it was just seen as i have to sleep you know you have to sleep because you have to get up right um and now it's like you know memory it helps with your memory it like helps with your hormones like those type of things um really do affect um fertility they affect your you know cognition like it affects a lot of things that we kind of Dove with it's like ah, I could sleep now, or I can be up and play games, or I can be up and do things, and it's like okay, you can do that every so often, but where does your plan to get that sleep again?
0: <laughs> right, you can't get it like once it's gone, <laughs> like it's, you can't get it back. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think bringing awareness and and really helping and coaching people into prioritizing that is so important. It is like. Mm-hmm. I think for the longest time, even subconsciously, like you're not even really thinking about it, but it's just, yeah, I'm sleeping to basically break up my days. Like I'm just doing it because, yeah, my body's tired. <laughs> all right. And then I'll wake up and, and that's just kind of like the timeline. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really it's really wonderful to hear that there's work being done to to bring awareness and prioritize mm-hmm. that, especially in the postpartum period, especially oh, in yeah. that time
1: yeah cause especially like, you're recovering your body's healing what helps healing is just resting and sleep um even if you don't like fall into a deep sleep even though that deep sleep isn't you know something that's needed um just the restful sleep I think I I am a napper and my boyfriend and fiance like makes fun of me because I nap all the time Same.
0: <laughs> yes you're my people I'm a big napper and my fiance's like you're weird. I can't believe you're sleeping in the middle of the day. I no, I literally used to schedule and
1: especially at work when I worked at massage because you're giving a lot of energy out. Yeah, I would be like on my lunch. I need to eat and I need to go in my room and I'm going to go lay down and going to sleep.
0: I love that. Yes, <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Yes, I, I'm happy to hear that <laughs> from someone else. <laughs> yeah because even like even like the little 10 minutes on your break or time to just rest the body like you were saying is Mm -hmm. it can it can change the rest of your day yes I'm very moody if I don't
1: (laughs) I'm like I already know myself I know what I'm capable of and I know that I.
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's like being aware of your hangriness like I am protecting myself and you, yes, <laughs> this is a yes, priority. This like, well, is smile, Then I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So is there anything else about the infant um, and family sleep support that that you'd like to throw in there or or talk about? Um, this is kind of a new topic for me personally. So, um, oh yeah, yeah. I am. Yeah, I'm all about hearing all the details. Um, It's been pretty interesting.
1: I didn't, I always love research. And I think as a doula, we, we are pretty much researchers. That's what we do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so like learning this thing was like that click of light and the way Greer teaches too is very, um, she is very knowledgeable and then she brings it back into like the real life scenarios. So it was not like overwhelming science to you like
0: mm.
1: um it was more like let's make this interesting and I always love I think I got out of there and I kept just thinking be curious and I want to you know make this to parents too. be curious and not hold so much structure um mm. around sleep and just the it sleep changes everywhere and to be flexible like people think I only have to sleep in my bedroom and that's yeah. not the case like you
0: can sleep anywhere. You and I uh, know you can sleep anywhere. Right. <laughs> My car. <laughs> the couch, the right. office. <laughs>
1: and like, even when we were preparing for, you know, one day having kids, I was like, we just want these sleep spaces all over the house. Like you just everywhere you can go to sleep because you just kind of in that mode of, you um, especially postpartum and newborn sleep, newborn sleep is very chaotic. Mm -hmm. And so just because they follow their own schedules and they really don't have a circadian rhythm. So it's like, you're kind of flowing with the wind. And so Mm -hmm. when you have multiple sleep spaces for you and baby and setting up like safe bed sharing, um, that's one thing we try to teach parents too, because just in case, it happens mm-hmm. sometimes it happens we'd rather you do that in the bed somewhere safe or you know in a, a mat somewhere safe than in a chair you know rocking and you know unfortunately, sure the baby slips falls something like that happens yeah. um so we share that information and i love to follow um the account co-sleepy too because she tiffany she does very much visuals because i'm a visual person i love Mm -hmm. to see how it looks and so Mm -hmm. she does very like how to co-sleep visually um i love to um, listen to her too and i just think that we just need to take it i think we prioritize it with kids because we want to fit them into a schedule but Mm -hmm. instead it should just be where can we flow and then where can we actually add structure so a balance
0: yeah even if it's like a loose structure of Mm -hmm. this is kind of like the gist and here's where our priorities are and how we can meet them because like you said newborn sleep is chaotic and it's going to change day (laughs) to day but if we have kind of like a loose okay these are the things that we want to hit these are the high points Mm -hmm. then i'm sure that could be really helpful
1: yeah and it's about getting like eight or if you're used to eight or nine sleep how to get it in 24 hours and not in like chunks. Like you can't, usually can't do eight or nine hours with a newborn, because um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lots of things happening. And so where can you get eight or nine hours in the day, like yeah. in the whole day, even if that's like, I'm gonna go for those two hours of sleep that in between feedings or whatever that is, and, take that or my baby slept for four hour chunks like thank god you know that's their sleep through the night yeah. <laughs> um for us it's like okay you get that four chunks there and then where can you spread some else out throughout the day
0: yeah absolutely do you have any thoughts on the um sleep when baby sleeps thing i've seen mm. i see lots of opinions and lots of um feelings around that where it's kind of like okay you know prioritizing sleep but also being able to take time to yourself while baby doesn't need you right then Um, so I'm curious if that is mentioned at all in your training or your structure um I do say
1: like if you're prioritizing cleaning the house over sleep then mm. yeah (laughs) yeah your postpartum period like Unless it, where it's at, right unless it's like what affects you mentally like if you're like i cannot mentally calm down until my house is clean mm-hmm. then let's figure out something to have someone come to do that um or where you can put it in bite size where you're like i can clean and i can just wash the dishes right now and then i'm gonna rest yeah you know things like that it's usually a balance and i know people hate i think it's the people hate people two people would say that because it's very generalized yeah it's like everyone should do this and it's like well everyone's not the same Mm -hmm. person and what works for one person may not work for another person but we do know the body needs to heal and rest so
0: right so taking what we do know and then personalizing it to your experience because like you Mm -hmm. said everyone's experience is very very different
1: Mm-hmm. And especially when you have multiple kids it's like how can I sleep when now I need to watch my toddler right so... <laughs> yes
0: yeah, so then there's also adding that priority and that balance in there too mm-hmm.
1: yeah and then like drop in daycare. I used to tell my sister you need to have a backup to the backup <laughs> if you can find yeah. a backup
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely just have have all of the all of the um roles filled, even if they're like halfway mm-hmm. backup roles, yeah, yeah, <laughs> very cool, so so far, what has been the biggest highlight of your career? What's something that like when you kind of take a take an uh an aerial view of your career, what's the thing that really jumps out to you or things? um, I think
1: right now it's the non. we have the I am president and executive director of a nonprofit too, as long as with my business. And I think that has now shifted into a greater need in this career to make it a career. Um, Mm. We'd had the Texas Doula Summit where we were invited to speak on a panel and we had two of our representatives go. And the whole thing was to try to get doulas onto medicaid in texas Mm. and the conversation needed to be had because legislators don't know doulas not many people know what doulas and what goes into the structure of a doula Mm -hmm. how pay is you know done and we want them to actually pay us like a career don't pay us like someone who's doing this like as a side job yeah. And that they just need like six hundred dollars for this type of work that they do. Um, and shifting that, I find I am advocating for parents and then I'm advocating for doulas as well to be treated as a career and its own career, too. I don't. Um, we talk about being shuttled into the hospital systems and like mm-hmm. you're just a part of nursing now. Cause I feel like we know that eventually they're going to start trying to put structure around. Doulas. yeah. And we are always like our team and the vice president, Deanna, she's always telling me like, we need to be ahead of this because mm. it's going to come, but we want to be the ones as doulas to actually make these things. They need to have us in the rooms when they're making these conversations yes. happen because they don't know. And we've already seen that with, um, tricare has a doula reimbursement here in texas but it's very like you have to be uh certified from these four organizations Mm. and if you're not okay oh well yeah so you're really limits a lot right especially because there are some doulas who don't certify with this particular organization because certain reasons Mm -hmm. um so I think that's been my shift in learning um how to advocate for doulas too um has been my greatest thing too because I really want to see this profession grow and I really want to see it last. And I think that's kind of why I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I that's kind of the first I've heard of um helping build that legislation instead of just kind of waiting for it to fall on us. I think we've seen Mm -hmm. kind of what that can look like when it comes to midwives, for example. So in North Carolina, where I am, midwives are very limited, very limited, Mm. um, to the point where it's really difficult to find midwives. And it's extra difficult to find midwives that give you a home birth ex- or who are able to give you a home birth experience um right. cpms are technically illegal here and mm-hmm. so it it opens this this whole world of like okay but i need more options and we deserve more options and right. with the tricare thing it sounds similar to that mm-hmm. like you have to be certified with these organizations that we deem um mm-hmm capable or we deem reasonable it's like you don't know anything about doula work or you clearly (laughs) don't know anything about midwifery so who (laughs) is what's happening here i like wow yes i want to very much highlight your work in that because it's so important and i hope that this Mm -hmm. kind of it definitely just fueled me and uh, i need to do some research on how to get involved in my state too um yeah because yeah like i said we've seen we've seen what it looks like when other people make laws in situations Mm -hmm. that they don't know or understand or have any uh (laughs) desire to know or understand and or have the um, parts to know or understand or have the parts to know (laughs) and understand (laughs) i'm gonna head down a head down a whole alleyway of i don't know why you think you can (laughs) you can speak on these issues that you know nothing about right Um, and that can yeah that can very quickly branch into every issue that we have Mm -hmm. in this country which is just you know the longest laundry list ever but um (laughs) yeah so I just I want to really shed light and highlight that from from your work because wow like that's so powerful yeah thank you yeah do you have any um tips it sounds like you you work for um uh, your company or your business or organization kind of facilitates that as a whole? Mm, I have worked,
1: uh, I started with the dual agency and then they do independent contractors. So I made my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I take referrals from them, but I have my own things. And then, of course, the nonprofit um, work. And then, of course, the Z Hive, which is the sleep um, membership
0: very cool so you're kind of like mm-hmm. got your your toes dipped in multiple <laughs> uh, areas which is really cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing so so what informi- information do you wish that all parents and doulas for that matter kind of knew going into any any aspect of the um of the experience from fertility to postpartum um i would say Get to know yourself
1: mm-hmm. a lot because when you know yourself, you know, you don't really depend on a lot of the doctors to tell you what mm-hmm. you sh- you know already. Um, and you can very much vet people um once you know yourself. Um, and I mean, in a way where you're like, this is not my norm. Something is wrong. I actually yeah. need support and don't. Like we've seen a lot of unfortunate deaths around um, reproductive health and pregnancy, and it's like those people were saying that something was wrong with them, and they could feel it, and they know it, and sometimes they were just told, "Like, oh no, go home." This was, you know, this is overreacting, yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to know what your norm is to even know something is off. Um, so study yourself, study and take time to know yourself, know what your stressors are, how you react to stress. Um, what, what your normal temp is. I think we don't even know that like yeah. when your normal run of temp temperature is, I think I've been tracking mine um, for six cycles now and finding like, Oh yeah, I started at a 97. And now when I'm before after when I'm like heading towards period time luteal phase, I'm hitting more 98. So like yeah. those things <laughs> that we kind of lose touch on. And it's, it's hard because there's so much going on, yeah. but if you can start small of like, are you someone who has a high sleep needs or not? Like that's all yes. <laughs> You can right. try to like <laughs> tape into. So if you are a lower sleep needs and you're like, yeah. Five hours, six hours, that's fine. And then higher sleep needs me. Same yep. <laughs> <laughs> Have to take naps.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I hear that. Really like getting in tune with yourself. And then I think once you have um acknowledged your baseline, then it's mm-hmm. really easy to create that structure or kind of create that um the plans for postpartum, for pregnancy, for birth, knowing that, you know, if you're feeling funky and no one's listening to you, but you're feeling Mm -hmm. funky that it's like, okay, we have to do something else Then somebody has to pay attention.
1: And go to several hospitals. Mm -hmm. Like don't just even the one and they say dismiss you, go to another hospital. Yeah.
0: If you know, (laughs) yeah. In tune with your body, in touch with your intuition, like Mm -hmm. knowing when something is up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling so many amazing things about this conversation. Um <laughs> over the evolution of your time as a birth worker, how mm-hmm. have you noticed or have you noticed any changes in the way that you um approach birth work or even your personal life? Like it sounds like you're kind of also in the I'm getting to know myself
1: kind right. of thing. So <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: very curious about how um, you know, birth work is something that you you don't really you can't really just like clock out of and go home and turn your brain off mm-hmm. from it. It's kind of like an evolution and how does this relate to me? So anyway, I'm I'm really curious about how um how you've noticed that come up within yourself.
1: Um <laughs> I think in conversation, I was usually I think in massage, I'm always a person that tries to um, talk to people and very empathetic and listening. But I think with doula work, I've turned my listening ear skills up a notch, mm. and I think people, I've noticed people coming to me a lot and expressing venting, and telling me more emotional things that happened. Um, we recently had an encounter where we were all there we was a bunch of doulas and we were basically dueling this person and <laughs> just <laughs> naturally it just yeah. happened and you know they they just expressed some you know emotions and vulnerabilities and just having that be the norm and because i know that is the norm i know that i need to take care of myself um, emotionally And then I need to make sure I have enough capacity because I know when I'm starting to get cranky and I'm like, "Mm, I need to do something because I have people who are going to, and then knowing when to say no, um, to people, (laughs) which is hard for me.
0: (laughs) Same. Yeah. It's that setting the boundaries. It's not easy, especially when your default is kind of. Being a safe space, which I think a lot of mm-hmm. doulas are, our defaults are being that space for someone else. But acknowledging when you, that space has been filled and is reaching yeah. max capacity, and I need to like take a nap to go relieve <laughs> some of that. um Yeah, yeah, I, I would definitely, I second that for sure. Yeah, because it so, feels like an
1: explosion. I don't want to explode, and yeah.
0: <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I'm. You don't. You want to like. Like like a balloon, like let some of the air mm-hmm. out before it pops because <laughs> we're getting, whoa, okay, <laughs> my cup yeah. is too full. <laughs> yeah, right. like gotta even it out. Um well I think that once people hear this conversation, they're going to be really interested in how to connect with you and learn more from you. So where can we, where can we find you? I'll have these things linked in the description too. So there, there'll be quick links so they can run straight to your Instagram and straight to all of your places. <laughs> but um, yeah, where can people find you? Um,
1: I, my main profile is butterfly Roads village um, on Instagram. And then We have the Z-Hive, which is the, and then Z-Z-Z, and then Hive. Um, And then where we do the nonprofit work, it's San Antonio Black Doula Collective. So I think the username is S-A Black Doula Collective. And those are kind of the spaces I frequent a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'll have all of those links in the description. And I'm certain that anyone listening is like, running to the like let me connect um amazing well is anything coming up for you in the next little bit here that you want to speak um, on or share about we um the Hive
1: membership is january 23rd um and of course we are making it as affordable as we can um right now it's set at 35 dollars a month just for um connecting with us and connecting with other parents um, we also are creating with a nonprofit. um, me and the vice president are creating a doula training. And we've gotten, um, I guess, uh, scholarship money to do doula training for at least 10 doulas um, in our area.
0: Wow. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so yes. amazing. It, it's kind of, it's
1: daunting at first. And then I was thinking and I was like, it's okay. like. <laughs> just go into it yes um, <laughs> yeah so we've had that coming up and um more focusing on the legislation and doulas and making sure hopefully doulas will be covered in texas and yes. <laughs> which is an important state
0: to pay attention to when it comes right. to making the laws and things so again <laughs> i want to highlight thank you <laughs> for that yeah and we've been learning from the States too, like
1: Florida, I think has Medicaid doulas mm-hmm. and um, Rhode Island, I believe is the biggest one that they've, um, that the ones that we've been trying to look at and um, learn from them because they they've too have paved the way in New York as well. Um, so yeah, just continue in the fight.
0: Yes, continue the fight. I love that. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. I'm really, really excited to share this. I, uh, I, I can't even thank you enough. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for having me. I was so excited. <laughs> thank you for listening to The Overreaction. You can check out the episode description to find show notes that includes links to anything that was mentioned in today's episode, as well as our Instagram link where you can head on over and submit your story to be shared here via DMs. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would be so honored for you to subscribe, leave a review, download some episodes, or send some to a friend that you know would enjoy it. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next Tuesday.